Oh, ho, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man. Oh, man. Uh-huh. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we have got a big show for you fools today. I mean, next level, right? Mm-hmm. We're yeah. going to get into it, but first, my name is Corey. This is the Drum Brigade Podcast, episode 57. Oh, yeah. I kind of draw the line at poop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. We got some new drops from last week's guest. We got some naturisms up yeah, in here. Yeah, yeah. It's not that funky, honestly. <laughs> oh, you don't want to hear him say you that. You might as well, you know, we have a ponytail. <laughs> it sucks, basically, is the word. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Well put. Yeah. It's, it's the, basically the word. Yeah. <laughs> that's not helpful. <laughs> You're funky, man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks, basically, is the word. This whole oh. sucks. <laughs> it sucks, my basically, favorite is the one, word. Dude. It's basically so great. Basically, is the basically. word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Dude, we got a great show this, this week. Um, I'm really stoked. To be honest, I'm quite nervous. All right? Don't be nervous. Man, I'm freaking... Dude, I've been stressing out all week. I'm not joking. Dreams, like... Things going sideways on the show. Yeah. Really? Oh, for, full on. You've been having nightmares? Yeah. Waking up in cold sweats like, oh, man, I don't know if I could do this. I really just want to get this show over with because it's a big accomplishment for us. But I'm dreading it, dude. I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. God. He's just another human being who hits things with sticks. It's true, but he does it so spectacularly well. He does. Yeah. But we're all And just... on a grand level. Yep, he's like a wizard of hitting things with sticks. Ladies and gentlemen, look, we've had Stan Bicknell on our show, freaking Mark DiCiani, Kirky B. Who else? We've had some big names. Zach Nager. Zach Nager last week. Freaking Fig, Fig Newton, t- um, Tim, Tosh the drummer. Tosh is a young drummer, but we've had some big names like Mark DiCiani, Kirky B., some of the most accomplished drummers we've had on our show. I'm trying to think of who else. We've had some big names, but none none like today. Yeah, we got a big one. <laughs> I'm nervous, Phil. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> this week, our guest today is <laughs> Thomas Lang, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. Woo! Watch him not even come on. I'm just doing this big buildup for nothing. It's just like... Murr, murr. No, he'll come on. Bro. We're just going to play the Wheel of Death with Thomas Lang. You know, nothing really crucial. Yeah. Bro, after today, we are podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we haven't done it 57 times, but like... Well, we've done it 56. 56. Today could go off the rails, people. You don't know. You yeah. don't know. Thomas Lang could come on and just, I don't know, tell us both that we suck and we should give up on podcasting and drumming. And I'll have to listen to him. <laughs> um, I'm very excited about this. Dude, this is, on, in all honesty, bro, this is, a big, this is a big deal for me. It's a big accomplishment. To have this janky podcast that we started, just two guys teaching at the same place, to be like, dude, we have like 
one of the biggest names in our community. At the end of the day, our community is small, so we got to think like that, Phil. But he's he's a good drummer, man. Handsome guy, good looking guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're gonna get into we're gonna get into all that. We're gonna get into like, dude, Thomas Lang and running a business as a drummer, being a technician, dude, clinician, just the just the best tech, like the best feet. In the world, and I'm not talking about looks. Like it's not some kind of weirdo fetish. It's like oh, I, was, yeah. I was like, I've never the gutter, seen, Phil. I've never seen him without shoes no, on. He doesn't like wear mandals all the time. And just like <laughs> yeah. maybe he does. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> no, like, dude has straight feet skills on the drums, dude, and then straight hand skills. Like his feet equal his hands. That's amazing. His feet are freaking so much better than my hands. I this is yeah. okay. Look, but they—I don't know if they can hold a coffee cup. They probably can with that skills, <laughs> those think? skills. Listen, man, we gotta like, <laughs> we gotta play it cool, Phil. All right, we're drummers too. We can't just be like, like, I don't know, giving them compliments and compliments. Like compliments are good, but we can't just be like, you're the greatest, best guy ever, and then the next sentence, you're so great at. I, I'm gonna have. I, I don't know what I'm saying, but I, as you can tell, I'm nervous. People, you're I'm rattled, dude. You're rattled. Gosh, let me just calm down for a second, okay? You're a legend. All right, yeah, yeah. You're a legend. <laughs> this is why you're a true drummer, Corey. When you get around other drummers, you're, this is true. You're funky, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you're funky, man. See, yeah. I kind of draw the line at poop. It <laughs> <laughs> makes no sense, dude. All right. Anyways, guys, we're we're gonna we're gonna do it. Today is the day. Thomas Lang is coming on. We are super excited. Um, just add to the list of great drummers that we've had on our show, and um, we're so grateful that people even give us a give us a chance and come on and want to hang out with with two average drummers and you're the, not an average drummer phil and that you're, people listen the people listen yeah just want to come out and hang out with other drummers and like promote our community as drummers that's really dope that's what the drummer gate's about yeah. it's like dope super like dope i gotta watch the like dopes on this episode because last time we had a big name mike mike uh, dawson on we got criticized for the like dopeness of our show and so it's true. This ain't NPR, fools. You don't like NPR. Oh, yeah, I can't call people fools either. This ain't NPR. This isn't <laughs> NPR, people. <laughs> All right? This isn't Radio Lab. This isn't 99%. <laughs> we talk like we're from California because we are. And we say like dope because we're just homies hanging out. I can't say homies, Phil. We're just friends hanging out damn it Corey, just be yourself <laughs> who cares <laughs> i'm trying to be the best i could be phil <laughs> gosh man all right let's get out of our let me get out of my head for a second and then like do the show like how we know how to like do it you got some soapboxes like yeah i got some soapboxes i got some random questions we gotta catch up yeah we're gonna catch up yeah yeah it's just the drum brigade podcast episode 57 why am i nervous now i don't know you should tell them about the show though all right let me start with that. Forget about this, all this nervousness and stuff. I feel like I'm coming off very insecure right now. I need to get some confidence up in here. This is the Drum Brigade Podcast. As you guys know, we thank you guys so much for listening to our show. You can listen to it on all the platforms you get your podcasts. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Overcast, Radio Public. If you listen to Radio Public, we get something out of that, a small portion, so... If you guys want, 
you know, tell your friends and you listen to it on Radio Public and then help us keep the drum brigade afloat, keep the lights on in the beat locker. Um, yeah. Um, what else, Phil? All these other things that we do on the drum brigade, it's all for our community. It's for the brotherhood of drums. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we do um, lessons. We have products, T-shirts, sticks, um, stickers, hats. Um, we have a studio where we conduct lessons. We also do online lessons. We also have lessons on our on our uh, websites and stuff. Um, still working on other lessons, but we you know we 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 make it happen. Uh, we host events. We uh, do sheds. We do all kinds of things here at the Drum Brigade. Um, we're here for you, the community. It's the Brotherhood of Drums. Uh, Funky Phil and I have stuff that we do individually. We're both professional drummers, you know. So um, we have websites. Phil Pardell, P-A-R-D-E-L-L.com. Corey Kingston, K-O-R-E-Y-K-I-N-G-S-T-O-N.com. And, uh, you know, Phil has lessons, pictures of himself playing the, the drums. <laughs> Um, videos, <laughs> play alongs. <laughs> he has all kinds of things. Um, and then I have a vlog that I do called a day in the life of a drummer. You could follow me around on tour, follow me around on one-offs, whatever, anything that I do. I post these videos on IGTV and YouTube, watch them, like them, comment all that jazz. Um, so yeah, it's the drum brigade podcast episode 57. Ooh. Uh, did I miss anything? I don't think so. We got it. We got it. Um, I mentioned all that. I mean, we're good. I don't know why I'm so, just get just do this, Phil. How was your week? Let's let's get into that. All right. Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's take a deep breath here. Jeez. Whew. Oh man, it's been a long week, Phil. It has. It's been a long week. And, uh, you know, I'm glad Monday's here. I'm ready to just get up, get into it again. And I don't know, you know, execute some of these ideas. I'm coffeeless. That's the problem. I don't know why figured it out. I'm coffeeless. Yeah. Big, big I can't have that. coffee today. This is why I figured it out. Coffee normally gives me anxiety, but I didn't have coffee today. Cause I have some checkup tomorrow. I can't drink coffee or alcohol. You're going to the doctor? They're coming to our house to like what? Do this this they they got to draw blood and all that stuff. What? Yeah. Like um, on a piece of paper? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh like I don't know what we're doing. I think we're getting new insurance, so they got to like do a checkup and make sure that we're all good and we're not scamming people. In-house? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. They come to you. Yeah. Wow. So I never heard of that, but yeah, but now I can't drink coffee for 24 hours. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Well, I don't want my heart to be all showing up weird on this, on their test from drinking. They, did they say you can't drink coffee? No, just today. They told you that though? Yes. No caffeine, no alcohol. Weird. Yeah. So I drank a green tea last night mm. on my gig and then I drank nothing today, but water. Do you have a gig tonight? No. Thank goodness. Yeah, I would be falling asleep. I was going to say, I feel bad for whoever is going to be around you because you're going to be a raging, angry person. Yeah. I, I don't rely on coffee that much. I drink coffee here at the Beat Locker when we do the show. And then sometimes I'll drink coffee between, like, before a bike ride. But um, 
I've been liking ice green teas from Starbucks these days. Mm. That is a good, it gets me there, Phil. I'm back on that. Yeah? Yeah. That's I, I, my go-to. I, I, I kind of have not drank that much, that much coffee these days. That's cool. Except for in the beat locker, that rumble coffee though. So it shouldn't be so bad. If I didn't have coffee in in a day, I'd I'd be turned into like this weird, creepy monster <laughs> with like a crazy hunchback and yeah. just like <laughs> give super, me coffee. Super pissed off at everything and yeah, yeah. I'd be like trying to break things. That's all day. me every day, even yeah. with coffee. So <laughs> you know, um, so that's maybe that's why I'm so rattled right now. I'm like I can't even do the intro of the show properly. Because I don't have a sip of coffee. Oh, you did great. Thanks, Phil. Thanks. You always got my back, Phil. I got you back. And then here I am throwing you under the bus like every time I get a chance. It's cool. I appreciate it. It's hilarious. Um, man, so my week. My week was... It was a week. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did I do? So let's see. I mean, I played gigs and it was cool classic i do have some soapboxes about it i bet you do played with t gross yeah on wednesday it was cool got in got out got we, in played we, my gig where was that the casbah casbah yeah yeah and uh second time at the casbah sound that place is a dive right but the sound in there is so good yeah they have the sound dialed lots of kick drum just they got it like eq'd it's great that place is a dive bar, though. It's, like, not the greatest place to play. But having good sound makes all the difference, yeah, right? I've yeah. played some rooms that are pretty divey, but if the sound is awesome, it's like, yeah. Yeah. And and the opposite. Like, I've played... You've, I'm sure you've played places that are, like, a great yeah. stage, but the sound is just terrible, and it ruins it. Yeah. And they're not afraid to... Like, they have some good subs in there, so they're not afraid to... I, I have an SPDS in that SX in that band. Oh, they're not afraid to get those like low eight oh eights. Dang, they're not afraid to boost those mugs. Like, I'm, they're like, all right, let's test the drum pad, and then I'm like, oh, here we go. And they're just like, they bump it more than you would think. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, all right, guys. So uh, it was that was good. It was they treated us well. We just like purposely wanted to be the opening band. This T Gross is weird because we're a new band. We haven't really done much. We've just done, like, we threw our own show as our first show, which was super cool. Invited all our friends and everything. And then we've played at the Casbah a couple times, OC Tavern, which I've gotten on a soapbox a million times about. Hate that place. Anyways. <laughs> um, uh, and, um, but it's funny because, like, you know, me growing up playing in the ska scene, it's, it's kind of this thing where we always want to be headlining or direct support. Um, we never want to be opening the show no band ever wants to be opening and then it's a respect thing like well we've been around longer than you so we should be like second on the bill or third mm. but not first and um you might as well not play the show if you're first but tigros is like we want to be first <laughs> like just put us on the bill first yeah and uh so it was funny because he's like yeah guys so he's sending a text the the singer the the band leader guy he's like so i've secured the first opening spot for us (laughs) buddy dude (laughs) so we show up and you've seen our gear we have like the nicest gear probably out of any band you've got a lot of gear that's ever played there's a lot of electronics to plug in we have to bring our own di's because most of these places don't have enough di's really yeah how many people are in your band? Five. Let's see. Guitar, bass, singer, keys, me. Five. 
Dang. Yeah. You guys must have a lot of stuff to plug in. It's like the bass player has like a key bass too that he plays, like a Moog yeah. synthesizer. So he has two inputs. And then the singer plays guitar and keys and sings. So he has two inputs plus vocal. Guitar player only plays guitar. I play drums, but I has I have a SPDSX. And then we have a guy that does like samples and keyboard and so he has a bunch of inputs. Mm. He has like two synthesizers, I think, and a sampler. And he sings. So <laughs> it's a lot of inputs, man. And it's like, you know, and a lot of the stuff is like actual samples from the song. So it's not like we're playing to tracks. It's more of samples to make our song sound like, like the, the album. Yeah, because you can't mimic some of the stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's really, dude, it's a fun band to play. Odd times and stuff. It definitely challenges me to like keep, be on my toes. You know, it's like, it's, it makes me focus on like, it's not just playing a cover gig. These are like good songs, good drum songs. I have to be careful in that band though. So, cause these guys are like, they're my friends, but they're like so into my drumming <laughs> that it becomes like a weird, awkward situation where there, it, it turns into the Corey show. Oh, and I'm like, no, I don't want to do a drum solo on this song. We've already had, like, I just went wild on this last song and they're just like, well, you can do it if you want. And I'm like, I don't want to just do, it's not my show. It's not the Corey horn band, Corey Kingston band, whatever. It's like T gross. We're a band. That's funny. And they're like, they'll say stuff like, dude, I don't even deserve to be in a band with you. I'm like, stop saying this, dude. Like, gosh, I wouldn't play in this band if I didn't want to. So it, it, I have to be careful in that thing, in that situation, because they want to like, they want to constantly, I don't know, make me do solos. And like, even if it's not part of the song, they're like, no, you could go more, like go harder, like go ham on that part. I'm like, no, That's come funny. on. So, but it's, it's really cool. It's really fun. I, I enjoy playing with that band a lot. I really want to, I still haven't seen you guys live, but I've listened to your record a bunch. Thanks. It's great. Um, Anyone out there, you should go buy it. You can T get gross. it on vinyl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or it's on Spotify and all that stuff. T-Gross. And the album's called Bronze Blood. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, it's just standard gigs. Pr- played with Marcel last night. He's back in town for, for like a week. Nice. I think I'm playing with him tomorrow and Wednesday and Sunday. Dang. Yeah. So um, he's back. Uh, I missed playing with Lily all week last week. So she had subs all week. That sucks. Dang. Uh, played at LDB, Schmucky Metals gig on, uh, when was that? Saturday. Nice. Good band, dude. Wedding? Wedding. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I have a soapbox about that. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I will get into that after Mr. Thomas Lang comes on. Um, you know, it was just a standard week for me. I was just really busy with like personal stuff. So I didn't get a lot of work done. Um, didn't get a lot of play. I, I actually came in the beat locker and practiced on uh Oh, when was this Sunday, Friday came into the beat locker, had my lesson at noon, hung out in here all day, watched TV, ate a burrito, and then was like, it's time. And just straight buckled down and practiced. Yes. For like two hours. Dang. Glorious. And I noticed a difference. So that needs to be a regular occurrence. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I need to get 
get in the zone and get a steady schedule going. I know. It's hard, man. Yeah, I need to. There's so many things that I want to be better at, and I just am tired of saying, I want to be better at this and not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know, do something about it. Yeah. But the problem is, you know, like us, we're, we're, you're, you're busy with kids and like maintaining a super heavy gig schedule. And I'm busy with a super heavy gig schedule and trying to run a business and get a podcast to be popular and stuff and work on other things. So, um, you know, it's happening, but we just gotta make the time. I make time for bike rides. That should be a shirt. I make time for bike rides. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I need to make time for practice, and I can do it now. So let's do it. Uh, What about you, Funky Phil? I had a pretty normal week. Um, I did some demo videos for a drum company that shall remain nameless. (laughs) Um, And some usual gigs. I did a double header on Saturday where I did like a private party and then tin roof oh right boy. after full like four three and a half hours straight yeah oh no 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 yesterday i felt terrible yeah i just was a useless lump all day yesterday but i used the drum brigade 5b yeah the entire night at tin roof and it was awesome because we were talking about using heavier sticks with zach mm-hmm and I, I tried it out all night. It was great. I did. I definitely felt like. Um, well, I mean, those sticks are great. They're super solid. I didn't. You know, they didn't. I didn't break any of them or anything. They were yeah. just solid, solid sticks all night. But the weight. I feel like the weight helped. Really? Yeah, man. I like, get super tired. I think my fingers get a little like my my finger. My hands get a little bit more tired from um, throwing around that much weight. Yeah. But, you know, for most of the night, I'm just swinging, you know, doing backbeats. I'm not doing, like, a ton of, like, choppy stuff with my fingers anyway. Yeah. So, uh, for, I feel like overall it was, I didn't, I didn't have to do as, play as hard. You know, I got, like, louder tones and yeah, more definition with a little bit less work, kind of. It's weird. I don't know what it is, man. I can't, I, I well, first of all, I can use the five Bs all night, but... I like the drum brigade five A's and I just got a a bunch of, um, Haram five A's. Those are a perfect stick, man. Those sticks, I can just do I feel so comfortable with those. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm putting forth like a lot of effort. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean this place, you know, this, they don't use overheads. Yeah. So I I feel like whenever I don't have an overhead on, I feel like I have to, hit the cymbals a little harder so that they they're projecting at the same level as the the drums that are all mic'd I hate up that. then you start ruining your cymbals yeah and it, and yeah it's just it's a vicious cycle anyway yeah it was good and um i'm excited i'm going out of town this week oh yeah to, oh yeah yeah me and the family we're going to visit my wife's family on the east coast so i'm stoked yeah i'm, heck yeah. I'm excited to go visit get out of town on the east coast yeah philly not philly we're going to maryland like right next to it's like this town that's right on the edge of dc okay um 
Nice. But it's awesome. Yeah. We'll go chill. Gonna not play drums for a week. Bro. Which is gonna be glorious. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I, <laughs> I mean, I love playing drums, but you should bring some sticks so you can I practice at it. I but could use a break. Man. Been, I've been having some elbow issues. Oh, I get that sometimes, like a tennis elbow or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been I feel like it just when you play drums, you know, for a living, you know you can't really ever rest it. Yeah. So it's hard for it to like chill out chill out <laughs> so i'm hoping that i'm hoping that after this week i'll, I'll be a little i won't be as tender dude you need a break man <laughs> dude i this is the thing man so you're you're in your your early 30s right right in the middle oh my gosh you're such a youngster <laughs> dude i was talking to my barber and he's 42 and i'm gonna be 41 next week bro I am not looking forward to this, okay? But anyways, um, I was like, dude, did you notice like a difference in, like when you turned 40, did you notice a difference in like your energy and stuff? He's like, oh, definitely. I'm like, really? And he's just like, yeah. He's like, man, I just can't like, I I used to go party and like hang out and like I would go to Vegas and I'd want to go to the clubs. He doesn't drink at all, but he's like, I would just go and like want to be out all night until the sun comes up. He's like, bro, if I do that now, I am wrecked for like the next week. He's like, <laughs> I can do, he's like, I would go to Vegas and do that every night. I'm like, me too. I used to go and stay out until the sun comes up and sleep a few hours, do it again the next night. And I'm like, he's like, if I do that now, like we're recovering for the whole next, like a few days. If I, like I had a gig this weekend uh, got, got to bed after 2 a.m. I was done. Like the next, I'm still like, oh man, like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I can't, I can't, I don't know. I just have no more energy, not no more. Some days are better than others, but you just, yeah, it's, I don't know how you go as hard as you do and like then take care of babies <laughs> and then do it again the next night and just, Man, I, I, there's days where I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. And I just like lay in bed. <laughs> I'll, I'll like the night before I'll be like, all right, I'm gonna get up early and go on a bike ride. And then I wake up and I'm just like, no chance, no chance, no chance. And I just eat something, go back right into bed and watch Netflix and then get some Man, work done. That and sounds then, amazing. Dude, <laughs> it's not though, because then I'm like depressed. Like I didn't. And then I'm, then it's like nine o'clock at night and I'm like, I got to get all this stuff done. Yeah. And then I don't practice and you know. So, yeah. I've noticed that even 15 minutes yesterday, I I had a gig and I had 15 minutes after I cooked my food, 15 minutes to lay down. I laid down for 15 minutes. My alarm went off 15 minutes later. I didn't even know what universe I was in. <laughs> I was like, what happened? Where am I? Like dead sleep and like I get up and just go to my gig and I could get through the night with some green tea or coffee. Nice. Other than that, I'm sleeping. Yeah. Uh, I never even said that you're turning knobs or freaking making things happen as a producer of this show. The one, the only, Funky Phil. All right, we got it. There we go. I didn't say that before because I was so rattled. I but. didn't even notice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know. Uh, you're funky, man. Yeah. yeah. You're funky, Phil. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I'm going to get on a quick soapbox before... Uh, 
Thomas Lang. Let's just yeah. let's get my comfort zone going. Let's I gotta get, get something out. off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do this show right, I, trying to hear that right I got now. one before, one after. What happened? I'm gonna tell you the one after about my gig last night. So I'm gonna tell you the one now about my wedding gig on Saturday. With schmucky metals. Schmucky metals. Quick, okay. quick, quick soapbox. I show up at the gig. I go, I am I've been assigned or given the privilege or whatever to do the lights at this gig. So all you have to do is just show up with Kevin freebie has the lights. It's normally his job. He gets paid extra to do it. It's an upcharge for the client. Uh, I show up with the lights. All you have to do is just like basically set them up. However you want, set them up on the stage, maybe set them up around the, the venue, like in the corner, you know, um, just to add some ambiance to this gig. These well, are, these are all like Bluetooth lights or yeah, something, right? They're really nice. That's cool. But they're not like the crazy party DJ lights. They're just, they are, but they're, they're, they're the kind that you can put on a rig or you can just lay it, like put them on the floor and they're, they're and they just, just change color. They're like a color light. Yeah. Right? They can just change color. They're not like lasers or no, yeah. it's just like led lights that, uh-huh. yeah, they're what, what do they call them? Like not like backdrop lights or whatever. Uh-huh. So, uh, we need to know like what color normally the wedding planner is like, Hey, you know, w- w- the wedding theme is all pink or pastels or whatever, you know? So, I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I don't know how to do lights really. You know, where do I put them? I mean, a few on the, on the front of the stage, we don't have like a a stand for them. So they got to go on the floor. So maybe one in each corner, one on the, you know, on the, uh, couple on the stage, couple on the back of the stage. I have 10 lights total. So I go up, I, I get there like in a good mood, setting them there super early, set up my stuff. And then I'm like, oh, hey, so I ask the, the, the guy leading the gig, do you know anything about the lights, how they would want the lights, you know, where should I put them? He's like, oh, yeah, maybe ask the wedding planner. So I'm like, okay, cool. Is this the wedding planner over here? And he's like, yeah. So he goes, hey, whatever her name is, like, hey, um, excuse me, uh, Cindy or whatever. I don't know what her name was. I don't know, Sasha or whatever. <laughs> and like, she, dude, I wish you could see this. She's looking at her phone like scrolling on her phone doesn't look up she's like yeah doesn't look up Ooh, that's yeah a, that's a good start solid start and then i go <laughs> oh hey how's it going i go hey excuse me hi like hi my, like super friendly hey how you doing my name is Corey. she she doesn't look at me keeps looking at her phone oh. just scrolling oh. <laughs> and i'm like uh yeah hello hi she's still scrolling she's like yeah, I'll be with you in a minute. Doesn't look up. Doesn't look at me. Just keep scrolling. Mm. Keep scrolling. And I'm like, hmm. So, you know, Soapbox Me wants to be like, I want to smack it out of her hand and be like, <laughs> stop being rude. But I don't. So I just go, instead, I'm like, you know what? Actually, I'll be over here. I'm like, when you're ready, you can just come and talk to me. Nice. She never came. Okay. So I'm like... I guess I don't know how to put the lights up, so I just put them all around my drums. Oh, Phil. <laughs> that didn't happen. I apologize. <laughs> uh, so uh, I put them all around the drums, like a half moon <laughs> No, around the drums. No. And set them up there. I'm like, this is good, right? 
I'm like, this should work. You wanted lights, so if you can't even look up from your stupid phone, you stupid, idiot, dumb. You put them just around the drums. Just around the drums. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, so this should work, right? I'm like, if you can't look up from your phone for freaking one second and say yeah i have no idea just use your best judgment you can't look up from your phone and acknowledge that somebody is talking to you like oh hey how's it going sorry i have to send this email give me a second you can't look away you just can't yeah no that's that's really pure rude rude. super rude rude, dude and so i didn't leave them around the drums but i did set them up all around the drums and i was like looks good to me and i was about to leave and then the other, I was done. I wasn't going to ask anybody else. I was done. I was like, I tried. If she has something to say, that's when I'm going to be like, oh, so you you want to talk to me now? Uh-huh. This is what the plan was. If she was like, hey, sorry, I was preoccupied. I was going to be looking at my phone and be like, I'm good. And just keep scrolling and not even acknowledge her. Oh. But that never happened because she couldn't get away from her dumb phone. I don't oh. care. Dude, listen, I work with wedding planners every single week. Every day, all the time, every weekend, I'm with a different wedding planner and sometimes the same. You're not that busy, okay? You're not that busy. I get that you're busy and you, you, maybe you have a bridezilla. Who knows? You're not that busy, though. You can't look away from your phone for one second and acknowledge somebody who's talking to you. You're that rude? I don't think, yeah. I think you're never really so busy that you can get, like, just put common human decency off Bro. to the side <laughs> like that. I, that's I just, was so that's super i'm still rude. mad like i'm like i want to retaliate against this dumb lady like what who are you yeah but i just was like forget it just talk to me i'll be over here she didn't even say okay nothing she just kept looking at her phone nice what a dumb broad so what what did you end up doing? So you just put him wherever he wanted. No, eventually. he asked another lady, and she's like, "Oh yeah, some auburn would be good, and just wherever you like, maybe in the corners." So I just put one in each corner. Auburn. I put, yeah, I put all the lights as auburn, and then put they have four auburn, at the front an of the auburn stage. Setting on them. Yeah, like an orangey, orangey yellowish. Nice. And then I put like two in the back of the stage, three in the back of the stage, four in the front of the stage. One in each corner. There was one missing in one of the corners because um, there was a bar. And that was that. And that lady never talked to me the whole night. And I wanted to punch her in the face. I ain't trying to hear that right now. Oh, man. Uh, All right. That was short and sweet. Yeah. Just stop with that. Just look look at people. Put your phone down. Yeah. Stop it. By the way. It can wait. New iPhone coming next week you got one? Oh yeah you ordered it really not the pro though i might have to upgrade to the pro you got i just the, got the, does it have the three cameras no or just the two the two two yeah free though didn't have to pay anything didn't even have to give my card that's cool. i'm just trading in my phone they're giving me another one yeah i think i'm i'm due for a upgrade a phone exchange yeah yeah i might get the pro i might get the pro too dude the I video the video stuff listen one of the musicians had one really he showed me what it can do, and I'm like, I probably have to upgrade for Brigade. With the three cameras in it? Yeah. It's amazing, dude. It's not about the three cameras. It's what the software that it has for video editing, or not editing, video. Like, he took a picture of me in the pitch black darkness. Oh, yeah. That's... I am black. 
Okay, it's hard to see me in the pitch black darkness. Yeah, that thing adjusted itself. He didn't adjust. He clicked the picture and he's like, "Now watch." And then it was just like, perfect picture, bright and shiny. It's amazing. And he's like, "You can change all kinds of things, like for video quality, like like a normal camera." He's like, "Dude, that's cool." So I might might have to do it. Yeah, I'm gonna see if my the 11 has any of that stuff, but. Anyways, we're going to have to talk about that later because right now, coming up, Mr. Thomas Lang. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Drum Brigade Podcast, episode 57. Bro, we got somebody super special. (laughs) Somebody so special on the line with us today. Uh, I'm nervous, Phil. I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. I'm, I'm sorry. What can I do? <laughs> Hold, pull let's together, all be Phil. nervous. Let's, yeah, let's pull together, Phil. All right, <laughs> put, put your best foot forward. This guy is a clinician. He's got. He's completed the largest drum clinic tour in the world. The world has ever seen. Two hundred and twenty clinics in forty-eight countries. He's the creator of the Big Drum Bonanza. This year, the guests were Simon Phillips, Luke Holland, Terry Bazio, and himself. Uh, has. The creator of the, I don't want to say his name yet, creator of the Drum Universe. It's an explosive, fun, and educational multimedia website for drummers. He's an author, composer, solo artist. He has a signature, has signature drumsticks, signature bass drum beater, signature practice pads, signature cymbals, Phil. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Played with Robert Fripp, Peter Gabriel, I think, uh, Asia, Nick Kershaw, Tina Turner, Robbie Williams, Kelly Clarkson, Sugar Sugar Babies, Victoria Beckham. The list goes on and on. George Michael, Greg Howell, the Commodores, Phil. I love the Commodores. I could keep going. I could keep going. <laughs> this is crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Thomas Lang to the Drum Brigade podcast. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yay. <laughs> hey, we got a huge studio audience in here. They're just, they're jazzed. So. <laughs> Sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> I love the sound effect. <laughs> man, thank you so much. What a privilege. I mean, we're just. Oh, well, thank you for having me. <laughs> we're, we're so excited. And, um, you know, we've been trying for a while. You're a busy man, as, as one would know. And, uh, yeah, Phil's crying. Phil's crying over here. We <laughs> No. <laughs> How's everything going with you right now? Everything's yeah, very good. Very good. Busy as uh, usual. Yeah. Um, but it's exciting, you know. I'm not complaining. It's good to be busy. That's good. That's good. How was mm-hmm. the How was the big drum bonanza? It was amazing. Man. It was amazing. You know, it's um, uh, for me the bonanza is uh, a platform where. I have the luxury to invite drummers that I admire and have always admired and that I find super inspirational. So it's, it's as much uh, an exciting adventure and a learning experience for me as it is for the other students, you know. So uh, we all had a blast. Simon Phillips, of course, amazing. And uh, Terry, uh, incredible. And it was actually the first time that Terry did a real sort of um, masterclass teaching type scenario for the students, really? uh, something he usually doesn't do. Um, and uh, we all had a blast. John Tempesta was there talking rock and roll. And um, 
Terry doing all the brainy stuff with the students, and um, Simon, of course, you know, playing to all his great protocol tracks, and nice. it was amazing. Luke Holland killed it, of course. Unfortunately, he had a broken arm, but no way, <laughs> he still showed up. Yeah, he uh, actually had dislocated shoulder, oh. but um, but uh, he showed up, and then he did you know a great job, incredible, uh, even with one hand. So yeah, we had a great time. It's Man. always a lot of fun. That sounds amazing. How many students did you guys have for that? We limit at 40 students. We oh, want to wow. keep it intimate and uh, and give everybody the chance to really communicate with the teachers and hang out with the teachers and uh, even get private lessons with all these teachers, which is something they usually never do uh, in a situation like this. So it's, it's quite a unique setup. And, um, yeah, all 40 were very happy. That's and awesome. uh, it's a, it's a great uh, experience, and you know all the students remain friends for years after Bonanza. And there's actually a whole big drum Bonanza community of all the students who've ever attended in the past ten years, and they're still in touch. They still hang out and get together. It's a really cool thing. That's cool. It's like the the drum Bonanza alumni. You know, they can get exactly. together and like exactly. hang out. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that sounds I, I so cool. It. Yeah, it's super fun. Man, it's like, and we we know we we have a nice resort hotel here in in Thousand Oaks in Los Angeles, um, with the Irish bar and people hang out after the camp and uh, you know there's a pool and uh, we um, also have drum channel studios about you know 15 minute drive from the hotel and we commute back and forth. We teach at the hotel in various rooms and cool. we teach at drum channel and have performances over there and clinics and master classes and one on one lessons. It's it's pretty cool, man. <laughs> Dude, you want to sign up, Phil? We should do it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Go sign up. Yeah, it's always happening in July. It's, Every I, year, Independence Day. Oh, man. I just want to sign yeah. up so I could go to the pub after with you guys and just hang out. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> that would be worth the money right there. Oh, it's a, it's a big part of it, you know, just to hang out yeah. and chat. Did any of the yeah. students get to play Terry's drums? <laughs> uh, several of them did, really? actually, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah he, cool. he doesn't mind. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a really unique experience. Just sitting behind it, yeah, uh, gives you a, kind of a glimpse into Terry's brain, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, several of them did. You know, we don't have time usually to get everybody to jam on everybody's kit, but yeah. um, but some of them did. Yeah, man. That's awesome. That's worth the money too, right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep the um, the legendary. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so what are you up to now? Like what, what's, what's going on right now for you? Are you, are you doing a clinic tour? Are you just on a hiatus right now? Or what, Well, no, sort? right now I'm never on a hiatus. Um, uh, right now I am, I'm doing a lot of recording sessions for my studio here. I do a lot of remote sessions for people all over the world. Cool. And uh, that's kind of my, pretty much my daily, um, you know, uh, work. I, I record a lot. Um, at the moment, I'm working on three albums that I have to finish this month before I leave for Europe at the end of the month. Wow. Um, and in Europe, I'm doing a, like a 10-day or two-week uh, a tour of drum festivals and clinics with Roland. Nice. Uh, I'm doing the Tom Tom Drum Fest in Sevilla in Spain and the Le Back Show in Paris and then uh, some clinics in between in Italy and Germany and France, um, all for Roland. And that's exciting uh, because I'm playing um, all new songs from a new album. So I have to figure out how to do that on the electronic kit because so far I've only played them on 
acoustic drums. Wow. And oh, uh, so that's a bit of a challenge, but uh, <laughs> it'll be fun. And um, what else am I doing? Well, I'm building a big studio at the moment, 3,000 square feet here. Jeez. So there's a lot of construction going on and a lot of permits have to be pulled and engineers have to be hired and overseen. So that's that takes a lot of my time at the moment. <laughs> and um, uh, I'm writing a lot as well. Um, I'm working with you know a couple of different artists in Europe, uh, writing for their albums over there. And um, yeah, that keeps me busy this month. Oh you know? my goodness, <laughs> that's just this month. That's though. a month. <laughs> Is that- yeah. <laughs> if I could accomplish that in my whole career, I'd be like. Oh, dude, I've made it. I'm done. I'm good. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, uh, well, and, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot more always. You know, I'm doing a lot of press for the album. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've just uh, finished uh, making a new website because, you know, I've neglected my, my personal website for so many years, and that was a lot of work. That's going to be launching next week. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, there's a lot of admin and, and stuff I have to do every day. Just correspondence, and uh, you know that takes a lot of my time. Organizing gear for for shows and for clinics and planning ahead, you know, it's it's yeah. a big job. Man, well, that makes me appreciate even more that you've you've taken the time for a, a little drum podcast like us and <laughs> come on and just hey, shoot the breeze it, it for me. Break. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> exactly. That's good, man. How do you stay balanced? Like, do you like what do you do for fun? Do you do you? I mean, is this fun for you, or is it like is it turned into just your job and and what you do obviously what you do but obviously you enjoy your work you know but how do you stay balanced and have a maintain like a a mental like mental clarity because the other thing is (laughs) well the other thing is like you're playing and your albums and your videos and all this stuff is so technical it's like it's it's you know to me it's like a math equation so i'm like how does this guy have like the mental clarity to accomplish this great stuff you know, like, well, yeah. you know, uh, of course, you know, I love my work, you know, it's fun. And uh, playing is always the most fun part of it. Uh, even if it's not uh, the, the the bulk of, of, you know, what consumes my time. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's a small tar- part of, of, of what I do. But that's always the, the most fun part. And, uh, you know, balance, I think. Uh, comes naturally because of the many things that I do, you know, Um, uh, and they're quite, quite uh, different, you know, working creatively and playing music and writing music and, and jamming. And, you know, that's, that's one state of mind. And then dealing with all the uh, really uh, kind of mundane daily things is another thing. And, uh, you know, that. Uh, being busy per- pulling permits for construction sites and stuff <laughs> yeah. that makes me, uh, you know, look forward to going to play the drums again, and you know, that gives me enough balance. You know, it's we have to keep it real. You know, I mean, uh, in every musician's life, I think if you really keep it busy and, and and trying to do the best you can, then there's you have to find your own balance. Balance kind of manifests itself if you. Um, uh, do things that are quite, you know, polarizing, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, dealing with business is, is one thing and kind of gives gives me sort of an escape from music and and this, it requires a different type of focus 
and discipline and then music you know is a balance to that in a way and makes me enjoy it even more and kind of uh let go you know and escape from all the mundane daily things um and uh, and that gives me uh, i guess a bit more energy maybe even for playing and for working and recording yeah so i think it's it, it just happens naturally that there is somewhat of a balance you know that's cool that's very interesting we we try to do the same thing like we have you, you know it's I, I call it raking the leaves you know you have to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that until you have a pile and then you have mm-hmm. a pile of leaves and that's when you're you know you're making a living at doing this or you know or being successful at doing this but if for me, if all I did was, you know, all I did was teach drums or if all I did was just do a podcast or, you know, if I mm-hmm. did one of those things, I'd be like, I can't handle it. I need to, I need to branch out and do more with, mm-hmm. with this. Exactly. You know? So I enjoy yeah. all of it together. I enjoy doing the podcast. I enjoy playing gigs and, and doing sessions and stuff like that. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what Same here. You know, I enjoy touring, I enjoy uh, writing, I enjoy recording, uh, I enjoy teaching, um, you know, it's, and I enjoy the business aspect of, of what I do, so, you know, it all comes together, and it all creates one whole thing, and without, you know, certain of these, you know, some of these components, it just wouldn't feel right, you know, right. it wouldn't feel complete. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, take us through a typical day for you? Like you wake up at what time you have your standard breakfast, <laughs> your cornflakes or yeah. whatever it is. And then you, you know, <laughs> you do your, your daily routine. What is a, what is a normal day for Thomas Lang look like? Well, if I'm at home, if I'm not on the road, uh, I get up early. I get up at around seven, usually at the latest or 6.30. Um, I sleep for about five and a half, six hours every night. That's usually enough. Um, I get up. I um, have a cup of coffee. I don't have breakfast, but I make breakfast for my kids um, and pack lunches for my kids. I watch the news, maybe answer a couple of emails before my kids are up and ready. Um, I take them to school. And um, after I take them to school, I start working. Usually I start recording. Uh, early in the morning, I like to be in the studio by, you know, eight thirty, nine o'clock um, and start working, whatever it is that I'm working on. Usually it requires a little bit of prepping in the morning, you know, maybe learning some music, uh, writing charts or something for a track that I'm recording. Um, if it's a simple track, then I'll just go straight to playing. Um, if it's something more complex, um, then, you know, I write a chart, so I prep the session. And then I'll start uh, tracking, usually, wow. um, until about 3 in the afternoon, which is uh, when my kids finish school, and I pick them up. Um, and then uh, while the kids are doing homework, uh, I usually do correspondence, emails, um, you know, computer stuff, or maybe some editing or sending files to people or something like that. And, um, and then usually... Um, if it, if I don't have any kind of appointments or have to meet somebody or go to a, a session outside of my house or something like that, mm-hmm. then I usually continue working uh, pretty much until, uh, you know, 10, 11 at night. Um, <laughs> that's usually editing, uh, maybe editing videos or editing audio or maybe writing something I like to write in the evening. 
Um, and uh, it's all sort of interwoven with family stuff at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll have dinner together and then I go back to work or we'll go and, you know, eat out somewhere, uh, me and my family, and then I go back to work. I don't really, you know, sit and watch TV or something like that. I don't sort of, I never do nothing. Yeah. So I like to be productive and when I have time and my presence isn't required somewhere else or I don't have any family uh, duties or obligations or anything like that, then I'm usually working, you know. And uh, and like I said, my work is, it could be anything from playing to editing to uh, email correspondence with people about the schools or camps or clinics or gear or whatever, you know, but it's, yeah. it's, it's always work basically. And nice. I enjoy it. You know, it's, I mean, there's, there's some aspects that are a little more boring and tedious uh, and others that are just super fun and time flies. So it's yeah. a mix of all that. Well, wow. Phil, we got to step up our game, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is, that's a, that's inspiring. It's inspiring. Yeah. yeah it's really cool. It's, it's amazing well, how you I balance that with you know, kids and family and it's great. Yeah, it's you know it takes a lot of planning and uh, and pretty uh, refined logistics yeah. uh, and communication and sacrifice you know on both sides you know work wise and family wise but mm. yeah it's it's a matter of finding the balance you know it's interesting because you know some some drummers not mentioning anybody that's hosting a podcast right now but <laughs> like most drummers we have a schedule i stick to a schedule too it's not as as like rigid as that um i try to wake up at a certain time i try to wake up at least by eight o'clock get stuff done and mm-hmm. incorporate exercise and you know stuff like that into my schedule but i'm like very mm-hmm. lenient on myself you know like if i'm not right. feeling good like i'm just gonna not i'm just gonna chill out for the day we we're just talking about this um right so um, I, th- I see a lot of drummers that don't treat their, bi- their, their, what they do for a living as a job. Like if this was a nine mm-hmm. to five job, you would have to clock in at a certain time right? and then you yeah. would clock out at a certain time or you would stop when the work is done. And um, mm-hmm. I see a lot of guys that don't do that. They're just like, yeah, man, party lifestyle, <laughs> you know? And it's like, right. when you yeah. want to be a true successful businessman drummer, you know, musician, whatever, clinician, all of the above. Um, I've noticed this with you and with, with some other drummers that we've had on the show. Man, mm-hmm. they are serious about it like a normal, even more serious than a normal job. Yeah, it's like a small right. business. It's, yeah. You're running your own well, business. Well, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, know, um, you know, being a musician has this kind of uh, hippie stigma. You know, people... Uh, in the past, uh, obviously, the music industry has changed completely. I think today you have to wear many hats if you want to be a successful musician, mm-hmm. not just play really well um, and be a great communicator and, and, and you know, a reliable person and a punctual person and all that and be prepared and what have you. Right. In addition to that, I think you have to, um, to treat your profession like you say as a as a small business you know and as a small business owner selling uh the product that is yourself mm. um uh, you have to consider all aspects of it you know you have to consider marketing and promotion and uh 
advertising and uh, image and publicity and all these kind of factors and um, you know, taking care of your social media and your websites and knowing a little bit about music law and uh, publishing laws. And, uh, you know, it, it requires a lot of input on many levels. And I understand that it's tedious, but if you want to work independently like that, like a small business owner, then uh, there's no way around that. You yeah. know, you just have to put in the time and and... Every once in a while, you know, just bunker down and, 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 and do the work that's not the most inspiring of fun, but really necessary to keep your business going and keep it growing. You know, yeah. it's just part of it. Along with that, keeping on top of like you're playing, you know, you still got to at the end of the day, if you're putting out a video, you still got to play well and sound good and look good and, you know, right, all yeah. that stuff. So it's like, well, of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that is really the fun part. I wish, you know, I had time to practice or, or you know, tweak things here and there. Yeah. But usually there's not much time left for that. You know, you just, and thankfully I've been playing long enough that it's kind of like riding a bicycle. You just hop on and, and right. you know, it, it works usually. And if I haven't played for a few weeks and I feel rusty, then, you know, maybe a couple of days of really intense playing gets me back on track. Um, but yeah, again, like I said, you have to make sacrifices on all sides. Sometimes you have to take care of the business for a few weeks and, uh, unfortunately, you know, push the playing aside a little bit and put your business hat on. And then there are times where you can just totally indulge in playing and, and maybe there's some time to practice even. Um, and, uh, and you, you go for that with, you know, full energy. Yeah. It's it's just a matter of, of organization and finding the time for everything. I love it. Time management is a key word here. Yeah. 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 I think yeah, um, I got to work on that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Phil's got two <laughs> Phil's got two young yeah, kids. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but yeah, so on another subject, I noticed that, you know, um I don't know how do I word this? Like I know well, you have you have a thing, right? You're you're obviously a fantastic drummer, a very technical drummer. Um, listening to a lot of your your stuff, um, it's not all that you do, of course, but you your solo stuff is a lot of uh, foot technique, you know, double bass patterns. Your your feet doing a lot of the same patterns as your hands. You know, sometimes you know it's it's like your feet are better than most drummers hands. Okay. And, uh, so you have this thing that you, you know, the, you have a style. How did you develop like, Hey, this is my thing. I'm going with this. People are going to know me for this, you know, or like your image, the way that you look, um, you know, how did you, how did you develop? Okay. I'm going with this style. You know what I mean? Um, that's a good question. Actually, you know, I never considered, um, the sort of the the look aspect, you know, the image, or um, I never really had a particular style goal in mind. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to play something that I haven't heard anybody else play before. Mm-hmm. That was always my ambition. Um, and, you know, I was always, of course, inspired, just like anybody else, by all the great drummers, you know, and all the amazing uh you know, historical drums that we all know and admire and also my sort of uh, contemporary colleagues that are amazing. That all inspires me and I find it super interesting and fun and great. But I was always a big fan of 
of something unique and very individual and very personal. And I always loved musicians, not just dramas in general, uh, musicians who uh, were unmistakably whatever, you know, Stuart Copeland or mm-hmm. Steve Gadd, you know, where you hear, you know, two bars of somebody's playing and you go, yeah, that's that guy. Yeah. And um, to have such a trademark sound and or feel um, and to play certain things, phrases, you know, or combinations of sounds that are just so uniquely, you know, somebody specific. You know, I always thought that was so cool. If you can use an instrument that, um, you know, is pretty standard, you know, um, you know, everybody has, you know, their personalized configurations of drums, but it's still, there's a kick, snare, a hat, you know, a few tom-toms, whatever cymbals. And if you are, you know, able to pull something out of that pretty much standard configuration that is uniquely yours and doesn't sound like anybody else. And I, I, I thought that was just absolutely fantastic. That's sort of the pinnacle of creativity and personality and style. And I wanted to be able to do that, to play something that, you know, is uniquely mine. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I haven't heard anybody else play before. Um, I'm not a big fan of copying or reproducing stuff i'm a fan of producing things of being creative and and developing creative ideas you know that's what it's all about for me as a musician it's not about the technique at all and that always gets completely misunderstood Mm. and you know even you say that my playing is very technical i don't think it is at all it's just a means to an end you know it's a tool the technique in order to produce certain things you that haven't been played before maybe or not been played before specifically like that it requires uh, you know more technique you know than things that have been played in the past yeah or different techniques you know and in order to be creative you have to explore all technical options and the more tools you have at your disposal the easier it becomes to play those things and that's why it doesn't seem very technical to me personally you know i understand if somebody else you know looks at it and goes oh there's a lot of like left hand or left foot stuff going on and you know that can be overwhelming but i think that's the wrong way to look at it you know you look at it from a technical point of view the point is that you have to listen to the sound and the combinations and the whole picture and not just individual elements of it you know Uh. and um and that was always important to me that was always my my goal as a musician to be to find my own sound my own kind of path and uh and to be able to play something that when I listen back to it, uh, makes me go, wow, you know, that's different. That's new. I haven't heard that before, yeah. you know, and that's, that's the ultimate goal. And if I, if I, if, if that happens, if I listen back to some ideas that I've recorded and I go, wow, that's pretty cool. Then I'm happy, you that's know, cool. as long as it doesn't sound like somebody else. Yeah. Well, I definitely, uh, I, I definitely got that from listening to your stuff. You're uniquely you. And, uh, it's very cool. I like the way that Thank that's you. well said too. You know that the 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 way to think about it like that, like well, what rudiment were you using? You know, it's like thinking about yeah. it in, in a different way is is very interesting to me. That's really cool. Yeah, like the yeah. tech the yeah, technique yeah, is just a means to get out, get what you want to express out. Yeah, like exactly, that. exactly. That's yeah. awesome, man. And I have you know I've been practicing techniques specifically, you know, for that purpose. You know, I didn't practice technique. Uh, you know, in order to be technical, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I just needed to practice, you know, certain techniques in order to 
be able to play some of those ideas I had and that I wanted to try. You know, like uh, in the recent years, I've been playing a lot of uh, sort of things with my left hand on the rata toms and gong drums and little mm-hmm. toys and involving a lot of uh, applied independence. Uh, and that sounds so technical, you know, unfortunately, but that's what it is. I just wanted to play more layers of rhythms, you know, and, and have more melodic elements uh, incorporating rototoms in my playing and and just spruce up, you know, standard grooves that are so lame, you know. Um, and and there's been so little development in, in sort of the basic uh, function of the drum set. Uh, in the last few decades, everybody sounds the same, and we all play two and four, and mm-hmm. the whole backbeat thing. That's just so lame if you look at it from a creative point of view. Yeah, and uh, I just wanted to try a few different things, you know. And um, and with the new album, for example, I've tried to put those things into a commercial c- context, so they're maybe a little more approachable for the standard listener, you know. And maybe um, sort of a, a, a hooky riff uh, gives them sort of a foot in the door into thinking uh, differently about contemporary drum parts. Man. You know, not everything just has to be, uh, you know, one and three in the kick and two and four in the snare. You know, you can be a little more creative. (laughs) And that's, you know, the drums are such a a creative instrument. You know, there's, you can totally customize your configuration and, uh, and create your own very personalized instrument. And, People do to a certain degree, but I don't think most people use it um, really to its full potential. You know, uh, everybody still thinks in those very rigid forms of, you know, uh, you know, backbeats right. and uh, and kick drum on the one, and you know, those really standard sort of established quote unquote rules mm-hmm. of drumming. And my opinion is like. Let's get rid of all the rules, you know? Let's do something new. Let's try new ways. Let's explore and experiment and not play a a downbeat on the one, you know, or a backbeat in every single song all the time, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I think audiences at this point, uh, you know, are also ready to hear something new, not just musician audiences, but, but, you know, the average Joe. Um, You know, they're pretty open to, to, you know, more creative interpretations of what a drum beat should be like i love that you're making the the drum set musical like contributing to the music instead of just you know doing what everybody's in a way yeah i i like you know i like the term groove design you know because it's it's you can a drum part can be a composition within a composition and there are great examples for that historically. I mean, if you listen to Steve Gadd's 50 Waves to Leave Your Lover, you know, mm-hmm. that's a whole, you know, composition within a composition and becomes, you know, essential for just driving the song and it becomes an intricate and very dominant, actually, part of the, the music. Yeah. It's a composition within the song. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. And I was always a big fan of that, you know, where you can hear a drum beat for two bars and you go... Without hearing any of the music, you go, well, that's that song. Yeah, you know, that's what I was going to say. You can play that groove and everybody knows that song that you're playing. You know? Exactly. And I'm a big um, fan yeah, of exactly. that. Really, real sort of signature drum beats. And those I always love. And that's what I call groove design. You know, 
it's when the drummer actually sits down and thinks of something that works in the context of the music and not only uh, supports the song and supports the music of the artist, but also contributes something truly creative to the piece of music and not just, uh, you know, a really standard kind of boring in a way, uncreative beat, you know, yeah. feel is all important. Of course, we all know that, but there's so few people who, who look at playing or accompanying music in a more creative way these days, you know, very, very few. That's so awesome. My basically my mind is blown, Phil. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> it's awesome, man. That's really cool. Like great input. And like, what a, yeah. I mean, I've never thought about that. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's great. It's awesome. That's all I can say. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Cut, yeah. Cutting through. Cutting through. Yeah. Progress. Hey, you did the, you did the stand up, the drum stand up with Fred Armisen, didn't you, on Netflix? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. cool. How was that? <laughs> oh, awesome. Super fun. Yeah. Fred's awesome. He's, he's a total drum nerd like all of us. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, he's, um, he asked me to, play some live shows with him here in the LA area. And, uh, he's super funny. And, and, you know, he created this show called stand up for drummers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if people want to check it out, it's on Netflix, um, under the comedy categories. And, um, yeah, you know, he, he created the show specifically for drummers and he actually made sure that only drummers show up or are allowed in by making everybody play a paranoid at the no door. No way. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, and, uh, and it's all drummer jokes and, you know, jokes about musicians and it's a really funny show. And, uh, yeah, we, we did a few shows here in the LA area and then he asked me to be part of that Netflix special with a few other, uh, guests. Um, and, uh, yeah, super fun. Man. And he made me um, act and read with him too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, as my he introduced me, and of course, people were expecting me to kind of explode into this drum solo or something. But then um, he made me act out a scene or a few different scenes with him. So he put me <laughs> out of my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was one of the funniest things. I was laughing hysterically and my wife is looking at me like, why are you, why is this funny? Yeah. And I'm just like, you have no idea. This is hilarious. You know, it's just dr- jokes. I've never seen a comedy show that j- of jokes that only drummers could understand. You know, know. It's, it's hilarious. It's yeah. Cool. He's great. He's super funny. Yeah. And super creative. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I'm a big fan of, of his, he's yeah. his, 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 uh, drum video. Like he's making fun of, uh, the 90s oh, yes. instructional videos. Uh, Jens, Jens Hanneman's complicated yeah. drumming technique. Yeah. <laughs> One of the funniest things I've ever seen, man. Yeah. So it's good. Hilarious. So good. Yeah, it was cool to see you on that, how too. To, how, to, how to dominate a jam session. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, there's, one, there's one on how to tune a snare drum. And then, like... It, right, exactly. It, something happens, like, it, it, the snares explode off or something. It's so right, funny, yeah, yeah, man. Exactly. So funny. <laughs> so, okay, so you want to... Let's jump on the wheel of death. Let's ask some of these random questions. Um, okay. I feel like this is a good por- point to transition, so let's do that. Sounds good. Drum Brigade Podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't make fun of this drum. What is it called? Groove? 
groove design. Groove? Dude, don't make fun of my uh, groove no, design hey. here, okay? <laughs> I don't hear any drums. All I hear is a clap. Okay. All I hear is 808, 808 clap. Let me play this one. Hold on. Let me try this one. Drum brigade. Don't make fun of my drum design. No, my groove design. That's cool. <laughs> hey, it's it's a self-fulfill. That's there very go. good. <laughs> All right. Episode 57 of the Drum Brigade podcast. Thomas Lang is our guest. Um, Funky Phil, Corey Kingston. We're playing the Wheel of Death. Man, this is cool. This is this is a good episode, man. <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> we're super stoked. There's been This has been like super enlightening, like... We're getting to know Thomas on a personal level. The, our fans are, and like it's it's cool, man. Really cool. So, well, thank you. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna spin it. Here comes another dumb um, sound effect. All right, here we go. Okay. <laughs> Don't tell people how Jake right. show is. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Thomas Lang. What is your greatest accomplishment in your career? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a deep one. A deep in one. my career. Wow. He's like, where do you want me to start? Um. <laughs> Okay. Well, I think it is uh, to be able to work independently. Ah, that's good. That's a good one. That's similar yeah. to yours that you always say, Phil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> on that, on yeah, your you know, level, man, that is a that's a big accomplishment. That's really, really great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I think if you are able to cow- carve out your own niche and and be able to work independently and not rely on the phone ringing or on or live by somebody else's calendar. Um, all the time, you know, that's a pretty good achievement uh, in in any kind of creative line of work. At your level, do you ever think, I think like this all the time, maybe it's just my, you know, uh, insecurities, but do you ever think, man, like, I'm doing this. Like, how am I doing this? I'm still doing this. You know, I, I, I think like that all the time. Like, my phone right. is still ringing. I'm, I'm, right. I'm not doing some job that I don't like, and... I'm, I, I guess I'm doing it like I'm doing it, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what, what made a big difference for me is when, when the phone's not ringing and you're yeah. still doing it. Yeah. That's, and, that's you know, a good point. That's, that's, that's an important step forward. Cause, um, you know, you, or we, you know, as musicians or sidemen or session musicians or whatever, you do rely on the phone ringing and, um, and you kind of feel like, dang it's gonna end if it stops ringing for yeah. a while and you never know what's around the corner but like i just said my greatest achievement i think is to be able to continue doing what i'm doing when i'm doing on a daily basis without having to rely on the phone ringing i can create my own work and you know i don't have to be employed by somebody else i can employ myself yeah and literally work every day and do what i do and enjoy it and love it and at the same time i have the option to go out and tour and work with people and collaborate. And, and I feel comfortable in this position. It allows me more flexibility and independence and uh, time with my family. And at the same time, you know, I'm still free to say, okay, I'm going to go on this four month tour. You know, if, you know, now I can arrange and organize my life around that. And, uh, and I think that's a good place to be in. Yeah. I like that. I, I feel like that's the same for me, but what's yours, Phil? Yeah. Yeah, mine's pretty much the same. Like I just I the fact that I can make a living, make ends meet, you know, just playing music yeah. is pretty I feel pretty pretty great Privilege. about that. <laughs> I think yeah. mine mine are more specific. This now com- compared to Thomas Lang, this is not a big deal, Phil, okay? But like <laughs> one of my biggest accomplishments where I felt like dude, I've always wanted this and 
it's happened is I had a feature article in Modern Drummer one time. Woo! And mm-hmm. I was like, I just was like, you know, since I was a little kid, we've read this magazine and granted, I haven't had covers, Tom. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> but a, fe- a two page hey. feature for me was a big deal. Okay. <laughs> of course. It's a huge deal. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so that congratulations, that's amazing. <laughs> that was one of my that was one of my biggest accomplishments for me. I was really proud of that, and uh, you know, my dad couldn't believe it. He was like, "What, really? Like a two page article?" I'm like, "Yeah, I just, I, yeah, it's you know, amazing. I yeah. guess I've made it, Dad. No, <laughs> absolutely no. You know, it's you know, I think for any anybody, especially for us drum geeks, you know, modern drummer was always like the the ultimate sort of endorsement. If you are, you know, covered by Modern Drummer or, or you know, you, you get to have a feature article or something, it's kind of like you've made it. You know, yeah. you're, you've been recognized in, in the community and by your peers and by the most respected drum magazine in the world. And that's a huge deal, of course. I totally, I can totally identify. First time Modern Drummer wrote about me or I had a cover uh, with Modern Drummer, mm-hmm. it was, of course, the the same experience. I, I, I know that my, I remember uh, Robert Seaman from Minel called me up when I had a cover, my first cover with the modern uh, drummer, mm. and said, by the way, did you know you were the first ever European or German or Austrian German-speaking person on the cover of Modern Drummer? And I'm like, no, but that's, you know, that's cool. good to know, and it's amazing. It's like, no, no, you, you, we're serious. This is a big, big leap, you know? This is nobody from... Central Europe has mm-hmm. ever been covered like that, you know, and and uh, and had a cover, and it, that was long before, you know, Annika Nielis and Benny Greb or uh, Jos Nickel or all the other great German dramas that are around now, yeah. you know, and that was uh, uh, that was a uh, you know a big thing, and and I felt very proud, of course, you know, That's um, cool. it, it took somebody else to point it out for me, but um, but it was a big big thing and uh and i've had many of those kind of experiences over the years where you know it feels just amazing to be recognized by your peers and to get you know some respect for the hard work that you put in and uh yeah i think it it, it makes you feel good and gives you some confidence and and a lot of motivation yeah that's cool well, so congrats <laughs> my my next goal is a cover. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> All right, let's spin it again. <clears throat> All right, you got to give us a weird fan moment. What's the weirdest fan moment you've ever had? Wow. Okay, um, I have to censor myself here <laughs> okay. a little, not to make it. Uh, I've had many weird uh, fan moments. Um, He's like coming on the Drum Brigade podcast, and you guys just telling me how great uh, I am. <laughs> yeah, and especially if it's a very bad uh, sort of rendition of, of of a photograph of your face, uh, that's always awkward. Oh, People are very proud and say, "Look, you know," and uh, and then you see your own mug, uh, and you know, it's hardly recognizable. Yeah, uh, but you still have to try to be polite and go, you know, wow. <laughs> that looks so much like me. It's amazing. Um, I've had, uh, hmm, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting tattoos. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> I there is this one. Um, I I don't know if this has to be censored or not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, that's just that's the one that always comes to mind first. Is uh, there was this girl who had my face tattooed 
right on top of her vagina. Oh, what? And she my needed God. to show me to show me in an elevator in a hotel and uh, <laughs> pulled her pants down and said, "Oh, by the way, I have a tattoo of you too." And wow. um, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, wow, that's cool." And of course, you know. I was. We weren't the only people in the elevator. There were oh just my random God. other hotel guests too. So <laughs> that was an interesting experience. And it was a really bad one, dude. It wasn't a good one. It wasn't even a good rendition. <laughs> it wasn't a good rendition. No, and and also that my face kind of merged into her body part mm-hmm. in a way that looked uh, made me look like the freaking predator or something. <laughs> If you know what I mean? Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> Mandibles. Did oh you did you have a beard or? <laughs> <laughs> no, but well, a little. Could have. I I could have. I could have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I saw it, I was clean shaven. Dude. <laughs> wow. Dude, you're a legend. <laughs> you are a legend. That, I think that's the top of the weird. I've never the best yeah. weird fan moment we've ever had on this show. Yeah, that is yeah, the weirdest it was weird. by far. That is crazy. And uh, there's a whole backstory to this, which is very inappropriate, and I can't tell you. But <laughs> okay. um, but the person who had the t- tattoo wasn't actually a drummer or the biggest fan. It was her girlfriend who was a drummer. Wow. And my fan. Whoa. If that gives you. Wow. <laughs> I can put yeah. two and two together. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's That takes it to another level because then that's like kind of like obsessing, like an obsessed fan. That's even weirder. That's even weirder. Yeah. It's really weird. It's really, really weird. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Dude. Yeah. I thought I had some weird fan moments. That is next level, dude. That is on another level. That's insane. Yeah, it is. <laughs> this is the greatest story I think that's ever been told on our show. That's amazing. Crazy. <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. It's weird. I don't even want to. Yeah. I'm not even going to. We're not even answering that. You can't. There's can't. nothing that well, can even it, be said it, after that. It makes me uncomfortable even thinking about it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe that. That's so it's good. so good. At least you're a good looking mm. guy, man. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, if not, if you saw that tattoo, yeah. <laughs> oh man, predator! <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so amazing! That is so good. <clears throat> All right. If there was a movie about you, who would play you in this movie? What actor would be I think? You? Either Mark Wahlberg or Ethan Hawke. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because that's people. People always tell me I look like Mark Wahlberg or Ethan Hawke. Yeah, that'd be a good movie. I don't see it. I don't know who would play me, man. I don't know who would play me. Uh, Man, who do I look like, Phil? Denzel. Denzel is going to be me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, Denzel. Yeah, Uh, like I don't know too many Puerto Rican actors that look like right. me so black dude would probably work so do you guys think i look like uh mark Wahlberg? i could see it. i could yeah. see it a little bit yeah. yeah i could see it if he put some aviators on and yeah i could see it right i would okay. think somebody more like mm, like somebody that's like an action star like like jason statham maybe but maybe okay he, i like he, it. he grew his hair out maybe yeah i've never know. seen him with hair though yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. He needs hair. Yeah, 
You never seen Phil, I don't think. So um, I don't know who would play you, Phil. Who who do you think would play you? Giovanni Rabisi. <laughs> I don't think I know who that is. <laughs> and I only say that because someone said that someone was was talking to my wife once when I was performing, and, okay. they, and they were like, "That drummer looks like right. Giovanni Rabisi." Yeah. So that's why. That's the only reason I say that. You know who could play me? Yeah. I've, when I when I have like no hair, when I buzz my hair, everybody says I look like Jay Z. I'm not proud of this, <laughs> but I'm not proud of this, Phil. I'm not going for that. Uh, I can see it. that's not my look. Okay, <laughs> I do like Beyonce, but I'm not into that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if I had the choice, I would. Uh, you know, I would go for a big Hollywood action star to play me. Of course, yeah. Why not? Maybe a Hugh Jackman or a, uh, like one of the Avengers or something. Oh yeah, oh, perfect. Hugh Jackman. Jackman. Yeah. yeah, Hugh Jackman is the guy. Um, okay, I'm gonna ask one more. We're running out of time, and okay. um, let's let's spin it. Okay. I don't like this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay, what's the most... We all have to answer this. What's the most annoying okay. thing about yourself? Oh. <laughs> the most annoying thing about myself? Um, uh, wow. that's uh, I have a whole palette of things that annoy me about myself. Um, <laughs> where do I start? Um, you mean the things that annoy me uh, about myself or that annoy other people about myself? Yeah, it could be could be that annoy you or that you think people are okay. annoyed with that, uh, like, a, a trait that you have that people are like, you think, uh, they probably don't like that about me, but I can't help it. All right. Um, uh, well, what annoys me about myself? Um, uh, wow. Um, that's deep. <laughs> that's a good question. Okay. Um, <laughs> Okay, uh, how about I go first and you can think about it. Okay, okay. okay. I got a long list of things that annoy me about myself. Okay. <laughs> I think the biggest problem for me, I recent, so I turned 40 this year. I'm turning 40 right. next week, or 41 next week. And mm -hmm. I feel like since I turned 40, I just mentioned this before you came on, that my energy levels are weird. And so like, mm -hmm. I feel like I have no energy sometimes. And that's become very annoying because some days I'm like motivated through the moon to get work done mm -hmm. and go on a bike ride and then come home and be productive and get on the computer and all that stuff. And then some days I'm like, I just don't want to, I'm over it. Why right. even do this anymore? I don't even want to play drums. I don't even want to do this, you know? And then mm -hmm. the next day I'm like, yes, drums, let's go. <laughs> it's so annoying about me. I, I just wish I just had an equal level somewhere in the middle you know, I wish yeah. I could have a cup of coffee and feel energized and then do what I need to do. It's not always like that. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, I, um, I can identify, I don't think that's abnormal. I think that's perfectly normal. And, uh, I think your, your body and mind both equally tell you when to, you know, chill and, uh, you know, if you're frustrated or something, you need a break or, you yeah. know, that happens. That's totally natural. Um, and, uh, if I had to pick it up from there in that regard, what annoys me about my energy levels is that they're pretty constant, Really, you know, maybe I, I wish <laughs> I had the, um, sort of massive fluctuations. That would be very exciting. Really? Um, yeah. Trust me, man. It's not as great as you think. <laughs> no, I think it could be really great. I mean, my energy flow and, you know, I'm, I'm uh, 52 now. Wow. So, you know, um, my energy flow is pretty constant, um, and 
I think it would be very exciting to have these massive uh, energy boosts, mm-hmm. and then uh, I would I would also um, accept you know the, the the negative of that you know and have a, a total lapse every once in a while. Um, <laughs> my life every day. <laughs> you know, not, I don't know if that would be more productive or not, but it would be a little more exciting maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, what do you got? Oh God. There's, yeah. Like there's so many, but, um, I, I think I have a tendency to think I'm right a lot. Oh yeah. You know, I, I try to check myself, but I don't know what I you're talking just... about. I've never seen that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I'm going with that right. one. Wow. <laughs> yeah, cool. I don't. You know, I, I. I'll pick it up from here. I think we all. You know, if you if you believe in something and if you sort of think you found a way that works for yourself, you tend to believe that that's kind of the right way. Um, and I think we're all guilty of that. You know, I I definitely believe that some of the things that I I do are the right way and the way they should be done, which. Of course, you know, many people disagree with. It's just kind of stuff that works for me. That can be annoying, I'm sure. Um, but um, but I guess it's also natural that, you know, you, you tend to do what, what works for you um, and, uh, and then just negotiate uh, when people have a problem with that, um, which happens if you're working with people a lot in the music industry, you know, when you're writing songs with somebody or playing with somebody or for somebody. Um, I think you have to learn to, to um, you know, accept other people's opinions and and uh, and methods and approaches. And it's a learning curve, you know. It's it's something that early in my career, you know, I I I was very much like, no, oh, you know, I should, I should be like this, and yeah. you know, why don't we try that? I think that's a really great idea. And you know, you learn to kind of. Uh, uh, recognize when 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 somebody disagrees. You know, there are small signals that you may sort of oversee. Um, you know, if you're too stuck on your own opinion, but I think I've learned to to go to be a little more sensitive to other people's opinions, um, even when they're not voicing them very strongly and vehemently. Yeah, I think there's 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 small signs and signals that. People stand and go, yeah, mm, yeah, okay, maybe let's try that, okay. <laughs> Which means, hell no. Yeah. You know? And uh, I, I definitely, I was definitely guilty of that for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I've learned my lesson, uh, thankfully, fairly early in, in my career uh, from some people who were super genuine around me who just said, listen, they took me aside, you know, not embarrassed me in front of anybody else, but took me aside and said, listen, man. That is complete nonsense, you know. Yeah. Stop that. You know, you're annoying people. <laughs> Shut up, you know, just do what wow. you know, somebody's asking you to do. You know, you're here to you know, to play it exactly like it is on the record or to, you know, to make it work no matter what. And yes, if the singer's timing is off, it doesn't matter. Just work with it and go with it and don't complain and you know, you you learn your lesson. But I, I know that I was really annoying in my in my early days. And really? quite <laughs> quite adamant about my my sort of opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Not anymore. <laughs> See, Phil, you're not the only one. <laughs> I love it. Wise words. Wise words, yeah. <laughs> 
Man, this has been a great interview. Thank you so much, Thomas, for coming on. Um, You're welcome. Man, taking the time out of your day to hang out with us is just really, um, we appreciate it. So, It was a, a very, very nice lunch break conversation. I appreciate cool. it. If people want to get in touch with you, thomaslangdrummer.com, thomaslangsdrumuniverse.com, uh, ninebeatsusa.com, bigdrumbonanza.com, yeah. and then your Instagram and Twitter, at thomaslangdrum. And then a f- yeah. uh, Facebook official Thomas Lang. So, Correct. Um, yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you again, awesome. and I uh, hope we can talk soon, and uh, we can come see you sometime, see you, see a clinic or something, and hang out, and uh, it'd be really. Cool. I hope so. Yeah, I'd love to meet you guys. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Did, did we just have Thomas Lang on our, on our podcast? Did we just have so, Thomas yeah. Lang on our podcast? <laughs> I'm not dreaming, right? No, that was for real, for real. Bro. Did he... He did tell a story about a chick who got a vagina tattoo of his face, right? There was... Va- I feel like this is a dream. There was Vijay talk. <laughs> Vijay tattoo talk. Oh my gosh, dude. What... <laughs> What are we doing? We're just I don't know. I'm just glad we we finally, you know, got into that topic. I've been, wondering, <laughs> I've been waiting. <laughs> I've been waiting for us to talk about Vijay tattoos. Oh my gosh, dude. Unbelievable. <laughs> dude, congratulations, Phil. We now have the best show on the internet. Yes. At least drum the best drum podcast out there. I'm convinced. I mean, I I think so. <laughs> I, I mean, granted, I say like and dope a lot, but we that, just That was like dope. That was like Super dope. Come on, dude. Come on. Dude, Thomas Lang, super just chatting it up. Wheel of death. Some inspiring words, man. You know, it's some there's some similarities there with him and Stan Bicknell. Stan Bicknell, yeah. Bicknell. They both have a very clear cut to find yeah. day schedule and, and work ethic going. Right. They both wake up early too. That's yeah. my biggest problem. And they, yeah, they're they both like are just like man machines. I'm doing it, Phil. Nonstop, <laughs> eye on the prize. Like, yeah, I love that. His, his, his biggest um, the thing that was most annoying is is that he has just like this amazingly consistent <laughs> energy level. <laughs> like, I would like uh, like we give would anything for that. that. Yeah. Like, I, I would. I wish I had that <laughs> that kind of like just consistent energy. Level. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> That went that went way better than I expected. Like uh, I, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, there's so when you get a guy like that on the show, dude, as a host of the show, it's like you have to carry the show, right? You have to keep it going and like keep it interesting. But like, man, like there's so many different directions you could go with with a guy like Thomas Lang. You know, like mm-hmm. you can talk about his accomplishments. You can talk about who he's played with. You can talk you you can talk about so many different things. There's not enough time on our show, you know? And then on top of that, he's busy. So we can't just like be like, you got another 30, 40 minutes, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, man. So it, it's, that was, that was, it's hard work, but it's, man, it's so fulfilling when, when you do it. It's, it's so cool. That was super cool of him to come on, man. Getting to That's know great. these drummers, man, that we've, we've, you know, we've looked up to, or we know, you know, not personally, but who they are and getting to know them on a personal level and then kind of being like yeah there's a lot we have a lot in common 
you know, maybe I'm not as, as successful as him or I don't go as hard as him, but like at the end of the day, we're still drummers. Yeah. You we know, all just bop on things with sticks. Yeah. In a way that, that other people will give us money for somehow. Yeah. I, I think that's, <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, please don't think I'm minimizing what like a guy like Thomas Lang or Kirky B or Stan Bicknell or any of those guys do. I just, uh, it's nice to get to know guys that we don't know personally and just dude, spin the wheel of death, hang out, talk about stuff, get to know them. It's you see that these guys are really down to earth and, um, you know, they're fantastically skilled and, and, you know, successful at, at doing what we do too. But it's cool that, yeah, they're just human, man. (laughs) It's cool. (laughs) Yeah. So I like that. There's no, like, there's no magic trick or there's no fluke with yeah. any of them. It's all just like they're extremely, extremely dedicated and work right. hard at it. And that's, that's what, that's, that's what I wanted to it. say. That's what I wanted to say to, to him is like, I noticed that there's, there's drummers out there that, you know, there's different types of drummers. There's drummers like us that are just like, you know, like blue collar drummers, you know, they're just out there working and, yeah. and doing a lot of things. And we're working towards, you know, being more successful in different ways, maybe similar ways to them. Um, you know, but, uh, I'm not in here recording albums for other people, but I have a studio and I'm, you know, working on other stuff, video stuff and, and, um, podcast stuff and all that jazz. But anyways, no, not comparing. I'm just saying I, I, what comes to mind is obviously Thomas Lang, um, Stan, Mike Johnston, Virgil Donati, um, Maybe, maybe like Tommy Igor, Ego, um, I go like those kind of drummers. Um, I don't know, maybe Weckl, not maybe not Weckl, maybe like Marco Miniman. Uh, like, I'm naming all these guys that are very technical drummers or whatever, even though Thomas says that he's doesn't like that term, but they have the same kind of like they like, okay, think about Virgil, Tom, Thomas, uh, Stan. Uh, let's see. Let's just think about those three guys. Um, maybe, maybe, uh, Terry Bosio. they all have like a similar build. They're all like, you could tell they're like focused. Mike Johnston, um, you could tell they're like focused and they take what they do very serious. They've made a business out of it, a successful business out of it. And it's like, I think I, I bet all those guys all wake up early and like go to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a similar Probably not story. a lot of sleep going on. Not a lot of sleep. It doesn't sound like we all five, have the same thing. Five and a half, six hours. That's not that's, enough for that's me. About what, that's what I do. No, not for me. How come I'm not famous? I need like a good seven or eight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You are, Phil. You're, the, you're a co-host on the po- on the podcast. No. The greatest show on earth. I don't put in the work like they are, I, th- I don't think. Well, I'm going to start, dude. I got to. Yeah. It's I got to get to it. Man. I got to get to it. So my, my thing is always I want to get up early and go on a bike ride. And I've done it a couple times. There's a couple times I woke up at six and was on the road at seven. And my body was like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is the time that we are sleeping. Why are you pedaling right now? <sighs> so I need to get that going. And then I need to get in the beat locker and practice. I got to get rid of my TV. <clears throat> That's what I need to do. Maybe I need to cancel Netflix because I love TV shows, dude. It's hard because I can't. I mean, late at night, especially when you have a baby. Yeah. You're kind of limited as to what you can do, but you know, 
that's just excuse making happening right yeah. now. Like, yeah. like there's no excuses. There's so much productive stuff I could do with my computer or just a practice pad. Even it's in, it's it's inspiring because these guys are successful because of the work that they put in. It's it's you cannot deny that. Mm-hmm. This dude, dude Thomas Lang works his tail. He's a workaholic. It sounds like. Yeah. And he's successful and as good as he is because of what he puts into it. He's getting out what he puts in. Yeah. Dude, if you're putting in naps, sometimes you need one. Okay. Sometimes you need one. But I feel like if I'm here and I'm not working in the beat locker, I could be, I'm, I'm like, why haven't I done any filming? I don't know. I just haven't done it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I could, I could do filming tonight. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, you just gotta, you just gotta do it, man. You just gotta do it. Nike. Nike, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, big shout out. Thanks for, thanks, Thomas Lang, for uh, coming on. I know we've said it a million times, but we, we really are genuinely appreciative. Um, a guy like that giving us, you know, average, average Joe some time, valuable time, uh, without asking for anything in return is really nice, man. It's awesome. It's really cool. So we appreciate that. Uh, Strum Brigade podcast. We're really stoked. Um, on this episode, we're stoked on last week's episode too. You know, it sucks. Basically, is the word <laughs> not not true, not true. Uh, Just not that funky, honestly. <laughs> Zach Zach was a great guest, man. That was that was that cool. was so fun. That was really cool, man. You might as well, you know, we have a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Funky Phil. So we got a little bit more co- catching up to do. I got to tell you about this other soapbox of mine. This was last night? Last night. What happened? All right, let's get into it. I ain't trying to hear that right now. Yeah. Not a big one. Just annoying. I'm sick and tired of dumb people. They touch your symbols again? No, no one touched my symbols last night. I can't believe it. Oh, really? Yeah, no one. Out of Eddie V's? Maybe my disposition has changed. I thought that was on the menu. It was like I know. under appetizers, like yeah. right under fried calamari was like, touch the drummer's symbols. And- no charge. <laughs> <laughs> Annoy the drummer tonight. <laughs> That's the show. It's not the music that we're playing. The, the, the show is me getting annoyed. Um, yeah, no one did it. You know, I was welcoming it. No, I wasn't. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. Eddie V's swanky place. Mm-hmm. Very swanky. Yes. On the cliffs of La Jolla. Oof. Seals barking in the distance. Sunset. It's beautiful. Dude. It is beautiful. beautiful. We play upstairs in the lounge. Perfect view of the cliffs. It's, it's gorgeous. Uh, it's a nice place, dude. Everybody in there is like on their anniversary or for their birthday or business meetings. A lot of times no one really goes in there. There's like one like homeless guy that goes in there that, but he somehow he has money. He's just buying like bud lights and he gets food and everything, but he's weird. He's odd. He's like on medication. Seems like he wears a helmet sometimes like a street bike helmet in Eddie V's. Cool. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. Anyways, last night we're playing. So I got a third set. And this group comes in. This dude is uh, looks like kind of like an MMA fighter, just tattooed head to toe. Okay. I think he, I, I didn't look at his face, but sure. He had face tattoos, at least neck tattoos, finger tattoos. Dude was, I'm not, dude, I'm not against, I'm not against tattoos. 
I, whatever. It's the thing nowadays, whatever, whatever. It's not, if that's your thing, that's your cool. I've known a lot of tattoo people, tattoo artists, um, and people that are tattoo enthusiasts that are very, it's just their thing. They're very classy. They're very nice, respectful. It's pretty people. normal these days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, specifically people that are like into the tattoo community are very respectful. The guys that are into it, like the straight edge people, for the most part, I've noticed that they're very respectful, very, um, I don't look you in the eye when they shake your hands, you know, that those kind of people, very nice people, um, accepting, like you accept me for who I am. I accept you for who you are. Let's just draw a line there. You know, that's what I've noticed. This guy was not that guy. Okay? okay. This guy was a total jerk. He was sitting there with, so it was him. I, I didn't look at these people, but it was him and at least five or six young girls. Like young. Like too young to be in Eddie V's? Probably. They Ooh. looked like they were, there was a few that looked like teenagers. And then there was a few that looked like, it was just, it was odd. And I hear him, and it's just, he's the only guy. Mm. And he's just talking. First of all, he's talking super loud, which is fine, whatever. But he's talking every other word is F and mother, F and F and F, 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 F. And then, like, again, the homosexual slang word that you don't use anymore. Mm-hmm. The N word for the gays. You yeah. know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, He's saying, look at this blankety blank, this, blah, blah, blah. Oh, this, this fool doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, mother effing, mother F, 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 F. So what you're saying is he's pretty classy. You know. <laughs> okay, but I look around the room and there's nothing but couples like cuddled up and enjoying the music and having their date or their anniversaries, two anniversaries. There was like another person celebrating their, um, you know, they're whatever this they're just there they're sharing they're having drinks they're slow dancing this guy's in with a bunch of girls and just f and f and f and f f and the like he's just trying to make these dumb little girls laugh and they're just giggling and laughing and ha 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 this f and this f and gay slang word that you're not allowed to use and this blah 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 like the rudest guy you've ever seen super rude and so i'm just like oh my gosh this stupid loser what is he doing here mm-hmm Granted, there was there's people that are in there that don't look like they should be in there. They're just like wearing flip flops and stuff, and that's fine. You can wear whatever you want. It's not it's not a problem. There there was a guy in there that was like him and his buddy looked like they were they were into like pirate stuff, like like Renaissance fair kind of looking people, like long ponytail, shaved on the sides, okay, cargo shorts. Like looked like they were into super like metal, like demonic metal okay <laughs> dude classiest people ever just so nice you might as well you know we have a ponytail Sorry, i forgot to get our new drop um <laughs> i was waiting for it the nicest just nice genuine nice people celebrating their 30th anniversary or 20th anniversary their mom was celebrating her 90th birthday they're in there they're dancing they're putting money in the tip jar they're just having a nice night out Aww. at a nice restaurant and i'm like they don't look like the demographic of this place. They're not wearing Tommy Bahama shirts or whatever those are. And like, they just look like average people that might be into heavy metal or something like that. And they're just here having a nice time. They were not mouthing off. They weren't cussing. I'm sure they do cuss. They look like they are the people that do, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) They know how to act. Okay. Classy people. Yeah. This idiot behind me, 
F and mother, F and F, F. Okay? We go on break. We come back from break. We go, he yells, play some good ass. Like, Ooh. oh, sorry, we've been playing badass. <laughs> okay? Wow. Play some good ass this time. Like, I want to hear something good. This guy's cool. Oh, okay, sir. Um, sorry, we've disappointed you. We'll just, what would you like to hear? You know? So we're immediately all just ignoring him, playing <laughs> our music, playing our songs, whatever. And I, as soon as we start, he's just talking. And the girls are giggling, and he's talking. And then James is telling me that he's looking at him, and he's just mocking us the whole time. Look at this fool. Mother F and F and F. Okay. Marcel opens it up. Hey, you know, we've been calling all the songs. How about this is, you know, your night. You're here on a nice date. What do you guys want to hear? He's like, play some too short. What? Like gangster rap, dude. Really? Bro, what? Eddie V's. No, totally the place that you go to hear too short. Dre, NWA. This sounds like a really reasonable fella. Dude, if the problem is, I, don't, I didn't really want to get in a fight with this guy. He seems really unreasonable that he would not resort to, like, arguing. He would just resort to swinging. Yeah. And, like, he was probably, like, he's a big dude. He looked like an MMA fighter. I'm not trying to go down that road. But what are you doing here, bro? What are you doing here? This isn't your place, man. Like, go to a sports bar, fool. Yeah. You know? Like, what are you? And it's like I could tell he had money. He was buying, like, like all kinds of seafood. And he was buying, like, drinks, champagne and stuff. But then he was, like, he was, like, mouthing off to the to the waiter like saying all these and and it's it's just like dude come on bro like just Mm. stay home or go go to a sports bar you can watch mma fighting you can say as many f words as you want you know and you can order everybody drinks and it's like what why are you going here I'm, i'm not saying that you're not allowed but come on you're ruining everybody else's night dude that's probably what he's after. That's probably what he gets off on is just like being a, a total grade A jerk. Yeah. And ruining other people's evenings. This is probably like it was all shock ex- factor. Exactly what he wanted. Yeah. It was all shock factor. I could tell he was saying things just to get a rise out of these little girls. And you know, they were they, they were even kind of like, "Oh, <laughs> like but laughing but kind of like that's kind of crossing the line, bro." And it's just like Come, you don't have a filter dude you don't did you not learn how to act in public like did you not learn when you're being rude like that maybe people that are here dressed nice and like this is the one this is like maybe some people there can't really afford it but they're there having a nice night together and it's doing something special with their girl or with their boy or whatever for their anniversary yeah. some people have traveled to san diego from different places and they're just like, this is their nice night out. And this dude's in the corner just spouting off freaking nonsense, degrading terms about people. And, dude, go home. Get out of my face, so dude. Man- the manager didn't get rid of him or anything? No, I think I don't think they really saw what was going on. And, in, in like, those type of guys, man, they're just bullies. They're, like, they're just, they're just uh, there to intimidate people. You know, they're just intimidating people and, and that's it. It's like, so don't go to like, I'm not saying you're not allowed, but dude, you should come to this place and have enough class to know, Hey, this is how I'm going to act. You know, like let's, let's, let's be respectful of other people's space. Let's be respectful of the people who are just working here. Yeah. You know, stop with that. Dang. 
Yeah, whatever. So that's ju- that's it, huh? There's that's no it. no justice. No justice. So he left, and I was like, thank God that fool left. And then James was like, yeah, I was ignoring him from the beginning. And I'm like, yeah. Dude, left, didn't put a tip in. Of course not. Why would he put a tip in? Mm-hmm. You know? You got all that money. I heard, I heard him talking about it. Oh, it's fine, dude. Well, what? Oh, it's only like a couple hundred bucks, but whatever. It's fine. Order another one. I don't give a F. <laughs> okay, buddy. Gosh. Wow. You know, like, yeah, we're going to play too short. <laughs> Get over yourself, you douchebag. <laughs> I ain't trying to hear that. Oh, my right gosh. <laughs> Stop with that. Your stupid tattoos. I don't believe yeah. in that, dude. I don't care if you got tattoos. It doesn't make you hard. Yeah. He's You're probably, in Eddie V's, dude. Deep down inside, I'm sure he's just like an insecure little kid. Listen, dude. People who talk like that and people who do that to themselves, that guy could not be anything but insecure. Yeah. You don't talk like normal people don't... Pe- secure people, confident people don't have to get attention like that. Mm-hmm. You know? It's one thing, dude, if you're into art. Like... A lot of tattoo artists, it's granted, it is very trendy these days. I'm not one to, I'm not the authority on tattoos. I don't have any tattoos for that reason. I don't need them. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't need, I don't, I don't need to fit in that bad. I like being the different guy. Okay. But, um, you know, whatever. If tattooing is your thing, that's cool. Like, whatever. You know, that's your thing. My thing is drumming. So cool. My thing is riding bikes. Not everybody's into that. That's fine. This dude, I was, I wasn't getting that impression that like, Hey, I'm into art. I'm into skin art. This is my, this is my thing. It's like, I'm insecure and I need attention. So mm. I talk loud and I use lots of profanity and I use slurs against people and I'm trying to get a rise out of people. And I got freaking, I'm surrounded around girls, younger girls that are going to like anything I say because I look edgy and I have tattoos and it's going to make daddy mad. You know, it's what it was. It's an insecure jerk that shouldn't have been there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I have to hit it again. <laughs> I ain't trying to hear that right Go now. Go home, dude. <laughs> Go home and impress these little girls. You're, you you got it's it's I'm sorry to keep going, but you you have to take these girls to a nice restaurant and impress them with how much money you have and you know, it's it all goes together. Go home, dude. Go to a sports bar. Easy name. Well, on a on a on the brighter side, I saw that uh, the Gooch is now... Yes. He's hooked up with the Team Aquarian. Yes, he's part of the team. Big shout out to the Gooch, man. Yeah, congrats congrats to the Gooch. so rad. I'm stoked. I'm sad that we didn't get to go with him, but we'll have to plan another trip. Now us three, though, can go, and it's off the hook. We're going to do a field trip. We're going to do a field trip. We're going to get video, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, audio. Yeah, maybe we'll record a podcast in the car on the way up. Yeah. We got to plan that. We got to plan that. It See, must happen. We need to stop saying it, Phil. We need to do it. Just, yeah, you're right. Just do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Plus, uh, I need some new heads. I, I'm, I'm pretty much due for new heads, too. I could use some new ones. Just tops. Uh, anyways, man. So uh, you're leaving. You're on vacation officially after we hit stop, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Well, we're leaving tomorrow. Yeah. So I won't be here next week. No Funky Phil next week. So we might no. have an in-studio guest. Um, I'm working on one. And if it's not him, I'm going to ask the Gooch to come in. Woo! 
Um, if not, I might be just running this show solo, just hearing me talk about nothing. Blind solo. Yeah. If I can, I don't know. It's not going to happen by next week. Never mind. But I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to try to record my or work on this solo podcast that I've been talking about. Oh yeah. And um, if I could get that going, that might be the first episode next week. But That'd be cool. I don't, I think people would be taken by a surprise. Like this is not the drum brigade podcast. What is this? Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, we gotta, we gotta work on that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to, I got a lot to do today, man. I'm gonna try to go on a bike ride, try to get a burrito, try yeah. to get some work done first, then go on a bike ride, then come back in here and just beat locker it up. Sounds like a good day. Practice sesh. I don't think I can video stuff today, but anyway, well, I'm telling you guys for, I got to just do it. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> Dude, special thanks to me, Phil. No. Special thanks to Funky Phil for producing the show. Thanks to Thomas Lang for coming on. What an incredible guest. Uh, I don't mention her a lot, but thanks to Candace for scheduling all of our guests. For real. Yeah, she's killing it. Yeah. I don't know. I've never met her. Don't even know what she looks like. She's part of the brigade, though. Big time. Uh, yeah, so she's she's helping us out with scheduling. That's really cool. Thanks to Quanco for helping us out with that. Um, you guys don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm just I have to thank these people. Um, yeah, I mean, have fun on vacation, dude. Thank you, Corey. Yeah, don't let that baby scream on the plane, dude. Been there many a time. I'll try. What can you do? Put whiskey in his bottle. Oh, don't even say that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay so uh drum brigade podcast episode 57 we did it phil my i'm so much more comfortable now i was so nervous at the beginning of the show (laughs) god thomas lang dude episode 57 drum brigade podcast oh yeah Thanks for listening to the Drum Brigade podcast. Just so you know, you can hit up our archives at drumbrigade.com and listen to some great interviews with drummers like Stan Bicknell. My connection to drumming is like, uh, its almost on a spiritual level in terms of how I feel connected to it. So it's, it's not even a question whether I play or not. It's just a matter of how I have it in my life because I have to play. Right. Um, and so going forward, uh, having my boy just made me knuckle down on any decision to do with financial stability, but then also gave me that drive to push harder in terms of my own personal development and practice and whatnot. And to be honest, I mean, I'm 35 now, and I would say that my drive for drumming is the strongest that it's ever been. Kirky B, Kirk Biscara. So I use his sticks. I go in there and play that song, The Bird, and um, oh, Jungle Love. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and um, Morris Day sat at the end of the couch after I played and said, you want a job? No way. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and I said, yeah. <laughs> Timbo from Kino. Tim Baltes. I had to walk. I was walking back from the grocery store because my brother got pissed that I ate all the asparagus. So I, had, I, I ate like two pounds of asparagus this morning. <laughs> and it was so good. I had to go and buy a couple more pounds for him so he wasn't a Debbie Downer the rest of the week. Oh. <laughs> my pee smelled like nuclear waste, all right? Mike Dawson. 
the first time I subbed for him, you know, I don't, I don't know how often you guys get in fights, but that feeling of tunnel vision when you're like, all right, I'm, I'm going to like defend myself right now. Yeah. That the, where the whole world just kind of turns into a laser beam. That that was like three hours of the show. Like, I thought <laughs> I, was, I was in like a fight with Broadway for wow. like three hours. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Mark DiCiani. That single sentence or two started me on the path over the last 10, 12 years of doing research in areas that include neuroscience, neurology, cognitive psychology, genetics, brain lateralization, brain plasticity, because the way that we as drummers develop motor skills is really no different than how a dancer develops motor skills and or how athletes develop skills. And so our brains, our nervous systems, our bodies work the same way. Tosh the drummer. Guess what? I got three drum solos in the show. Three. <laughs> what? Three drum solos. Oh, my gosh. I, I, we opened the show with a drum solo. Wow. And we, and then the, right before the encore, we did, I did like a, like a five-minute drum solo. Dude. And he never once, this is the only gig I've ever had that he never once told me to change anything. I showed up and I played, I didn't, like, they told me, they were like, don't learn the music exact because we're going to change it. Uh-huh. And that's kind of what they did. They would, like, they changed it, and I played along, and I just figured it out. And, like, they never once critiqued anything I did. Tim Fig Newton. I play a lot of doubles and singles, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just try to get them clean enough to where I can, you know, kind of just float around the kit and do whatever I want. Yeah. I, I gravitate towards, like, weird-sounding patterns and, and, and things that aren't normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, people always come up to me and they're like, oh, your approach is so different. Like, how do you think to phrase these, these things like that? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just what I hear. But, you know, that's what comes out. Fredo Ortiz. So he shows me some licks and he's like, you'll be all right, man. It's just like, do your thing. He's like, it's actually, he's like, you're going to get to be free to do whatever you want. It doesn't seem like they're asking you to, like, you know, do anything specific because all the music you're doing is pretty much... You know, just Latin jazz, like improv and, and jamming and just, you know, keeping it mellow. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, and, and I took that and and totally did not have to apply any of that when the first show came about, which was uh, Australia, in, I think Melbourne. So the, the, the first tour, like, straight sent me to Australia for oh three weeks for <laughs> another two weeks in, in Easter Asia. So that was my first time out of the country doing wow. music, you know. I mean, besides um, Yeska, like Yeska went to Finland and stuff, but okay. this was like seriously like my first time. I went with the DC Boys and they were headlining. Oh my this God. Festival. <laughs> That's awesome. 